Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. One of the unusual requests that I've had over the years, and probably it's only happened two or three times in the whole of my career, is to get a phone call from the casualty department, usually, where a victim of an accident, car accident, one was someone who died from electric shock, has come into casualty and been declared dead, and the partner, the female partner of the guy, has said, but we want children. We always wanted to have children. Can I use his sperm? Can we retrieve his sperm? So here we have a dead man, and we do know that sperm, even after 24 hours after death, actually is still likely to be found in, in the testicles. The requirements in various states around Australia, and I suspect it's the same around the world, are very varied. From having to go to find a judge in the middle of the night to agree to take a sperm sample and freeze it to allow that process to happen. Separate to that is also the question, the legal question and the moral and ethical question is, is it acceptable to create a child from a dead man's sperm without his permission? So you're carrying through a genetic attachment, which in a in a married couple where they love each other is probably something that he would have wanted. But it may not necessarily be the case. And he doesn't get a choice. In real life, <laughs> when they're alive, they make a choice about whether the male has the choice of deciding whether they're going to have offspring or not. It's a joint decision. What we're doing with post-mortem 
sperm collection and then potentially using it is to override the wishes or potential wishes of the dead man. In some states of Australia, in fact, there has been legislation which says, which has said that that sperm can only be used if there is already written consent by the male. So there was a case in New South Wales where the couple were actually going through IVF. In other words, he'd signed consent saying that he wished for them to have a child and that his sperm would be used. Unfortunately, he got killed in a car accident. But because this consent had already been signed, it was accepted that those that sperm could be used to create the child for the mother. But there have been other cases in New South Wales where that's been debated at some length, where the, the partner wanted to have a child with um, that sperm, but um, was prevented from because there wasn't written consent. There's one of those cases where the woman actually took the sperm that had been collected because collecting the sperm isn't the issue. It's, it's producing the child afterwards. This particular woman went to another state where it is legal to use that sperm and uh, she apparently conceived and had a baby. I mean, the other people that get involved in this conversation are obviously the relatives of the dead man. And do they want a child carried by his partner to carry the genetic characteristics of their family? Again, there's, there have been arguments in court about families trying to deny that right or the alleged right. So complicated case. I mean, here is a woman who's going to bring a child as a one-parent family. I mean, there are lots of one-parent families, so I don't think that's actually a reasonable argument against it. It's more about thinking about the guy, did he really want to have a baby, however much the woman might desire it with that particular man. Now, this all seems to have been turned over in the last few weeks in Australia, where I understand, and I'm afraid I haven't got all the facts, but I understand the federal court has given the right to a mother to use a sperm without the written consent of the husband. That federal ruling would override state legislation. So it will be interesting to look into the future and see what happens in this situation. As such publicity occurs, <laughs> my impression is that we're being asked more frequently to retrieve sperm from dead men. A gory prospect, but for a couple who have committed themselves to having a baby, perhaps it is the right thing to be done. That child will certainly be well looked after if our experiences with IVF in single women what will occur. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.